Welcome to After Hours, this, uh, this very humid Sunday afternoon. One of the great events in Chicago, which I've been a part of for many, many years as a participant and just a book buyer, is the Newberry Book Fair, which takes place next weekend. And it's a great pleasure for me to have on the uh, president and librarian of the Newberry, Daniel Green. Dan, how are you? Good. How are you, Rick? Thanks Good. for having me. Thanks for breaking up your, your Sunday night to be with me for you know forty five minutes or so. But this is this is really an event worth worth celebrating. Let me first, Dan, ask you. You you came back to the Newberry to become president and librarian in March of twenty nineteen. These have been these have been a couple of rugged years for you, haven't they? <laughs> they have. Although we found a lot of new ways to engage with people online you know a lot of a lot of newberry images and and collections are available online there's there's nothing like coming into the building um to see an exhibition or to or just to see your hands well to see the building too dan it's one of my favorite buildings in all of chicago or the midwest or the united states of america it's just a such a spectacular space and you and i have talked about this before in many ways there are some people who think, oh, my God, look at that incredible structure. I'm probably not allowed to go in there. That is far from the case, is it not? You're absolutely right. We're free and open to the public. We've been free and open to the public since we were founded in 1887. And, and, and Rick, the building you're talking about, we've been in the same building since 1893. And, you know, everything we do online is accessible. And then anyone who is 14 years old and has curiosity can come on into the Newberry um, and take a look at our collections. They can come in and, and look through the Herman Kogan papers, the Mike Royko right. papers, the Ben Heck papers. They can actually see the Oscar that Ben Heck won, the first Oscar for screenwriting. It, the challenge is you have met them, uh, Dan, it, remarkably well. And I think part of that is you worked at the Newberry before, before going away to other uh, endeavors. But your staff is is such a a wonderfully creative bunch is it not it really is thanks for saying that our staff is first of all our librarians and everyone in our reference rooms and the you know the first person you'll see at the welcome center when you walk in the lobby they're all deeply committed to service um they're curious people themselves so they want to know what you're interested in and and help you um on your research path while you're there and then yes people who work on our public programming and our adult education seminars and our, our programs for teachers and our exhibitions are really remarkably creative people. And you fit in perfectly, Dan, let me tell you that. Let me tell you Thank that. You. Just as, one, of your, one of your missions, I remember talking to you before, and it's always been one of my missions, uh, and not affiliated with the Newberry, except as a, one of my many Chicago love affairs, is to, is to do more outreach, to... to to make people aware of all the Newberry has to offer. Uh, I, I know you work very energetically toward that end. We do. I think people don't um, have a full, it's hard to have a full grasp of the, of the breadth of, of our collection. So, you know, if you care about family history and genealogy, the Newberry is a place for you. If you care about Chicago history, if you care about the history of indigenous people across the Americas, we have one of the best map collections in the in the yeah. country, and then yeah. we have you know um, uh, centuries of of human history across the Americas, across Europe can be can be explored at the Newberry, um, and we do um, we really are committed, like a library should be, 
to that free and open access to to materials. Have you have you sensed uh, in your in your nearly three years there so far that the that the outreach that's been you've been doing uh, a lot through the internet has been effective? Because I have run into people, Dan Green, who have said. He literally said to me, "Hey, do you do you know about this Newberry Library?" I go, yeah, yeah. My father took me there when I was an infant. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of cool stuff. I suppose that the internet, which I'm not uh, in, in particularly uh, fond of, uh, has been good for you. It's been these last two years have have given you new ways to grab that public attention, haven't it? It, it, they have. I mean, you know, in a, um, in an, obviously everything about the, or so many things about the pandemic have been unfortunate, but they've forced innovation for institutions right. like the Newberry. And so the, the interactive programming programs that we're doing or the virtual programs that we're doing, you know, people can join us from, from anywhere, from, from their home desk or their couch. Um, and, and now I think the challenge is, although the pandemic, of course, is not over, the challenge sure. is to rebalance, right? Yep. Um, we, yep. we do want people in the building, um, but we'll also continue to engage people virtually um, as often as often as we can. Well, that's why the, the for a couple of years the the great Newberry Book Fair had to take a pandemic hiatus uh, and is back at full strength. What edition is this? Is this thirty four years? I'm so confused. Thirty four years, thirty two years, thirty six year. Are we allowed? Are we allowed to? I don't know if we're allowed to uh, to count the past two years with the with the <laughs> pandemic. But yeah, we go we go back to the mid 1980s with with the book fair, uh, and we're thrilled to bring it back after this. Well, I think uh, it's I think it's it's one of the great ways to introduce people to the Newberry. There's no better way to introduce people. Dan Green, uh, president and librarian of the Newberry Library to allow them to buy a book for $3. Not all books are $3, ladies and gentlemen, but you will find something there you like. There are more than 150,000 books in that neighborhood. And uh, after a short commercial break, I will explore with Dan Green how much he loves the book fair and how the book fair itself has changed. It used to have a thing called the Bug House Square Debates as sort of a centerpiece. And even though I hosted that for for more than a decade, I think, uh, the way it's changed is really, really wonderful and encouraging to me. So we'll be back with Daniel Green in a couple minutes. Welcome back. I'm on the phone with Daniel Green, who's the president and librarian of the Newberry Library. We're talking specifically about one of the great events in the in Chicago's history. It's been going on for more than three decades. It's the Newberry Book Fair, which takes place this Friday Saturday and Sunday from roughly 10 in the morning until 6 at night. There are tens of thousands of books there. This is a very venerable thing. Is Dan is Dan Crawford still in charge of this, Danny? You know, actually, um, we're now completely volunteer run. Wow. Um, with, with the book fair. Uh, so we have volunteers sitting in the basement sorting donations all year. Um, and they wow. do fantastic work. Um, they were out all day on Saturday, 
um, putting out books on the shelves. They'll be doing that uh, up up until we open on uh, at late later in the week. So but it's really it's it's an incredible volunteer effort at this point. Well, and Dan was an incredible guy. I mean, I, he he ran the book fair for for a number of years, and uh, it was just a a wonderful wonderful erudite and and unusual guy. I adored him, but I'm so glad in the volunteer. It's all volunteer and. It is. There is no admission to the public. Uh, the books are incredibly reasonably priced, and they're books, maps, CDs. It, what amazes me, Dan, and I know you're a reader and an academic of of grand stature. Doesn't <laughs> seriously? Doesn't it sometimes amaze you to think? Well, when the book fair started, there were no iPads. There were no people reading on their telephone. I think it's an affirmation of people's ongoing and eternal affection for pages between covers. Can you talk about that for a second? I think that's right. And yeah. and, and part of um, the wonderful thing about, I mean, the Newberry is a place for people who love books. Yes. Um, and obviously in our collection, you can see, you know, centuries worth of, of books. But, um, you know, you can also just grab a bunch of great books that you want to be um, carrying on the L or the bus during your, during your commute, during the book fair. Um, and yeah, there's always, there's always treasures um, to find there. And it is, I think you're right, Rick, it's an affirmation of the book as an object. Um, and we care really deeply about that. Um, and there's some history there. There's you'll find some vinyl at the book fair too. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, the bunkhouse square debate used to be uh, kind of the centerpiece of uh, of the book fair weekend, and I hosted it for God, in two thousand eight. Studs Turkle hosted it before that. I took over when Studs died, and uh, Arthur Weinberg before that. The bunkhouse square debates are no longer, and I think in talking to some of your staff, the reason for that is a very very good one. Uh, Dan, can you address that? I, I think the whole notion was, you know, there's enough. Everybody's arguing everywhere you look on the Internet and on television and on radio. And did we really need more of that? Basically, is that were those part of the conversations you had when you decided not to do the debates? It's a big part of it. I, first of all, I want to say thank you to you for hosting. Oh, it was um, so much fun. Come on. It was so, so many much years. fun. They're, they're wonderful. Um, they, but, but yeah, there, we, now we're living in a time, I think, with a lot of screaming at each other and, and, and not much listening. Yep. Um, you know, whether it's <laughs> across the aisle. Um, politically or even across the aisle on a, on, a, on a bus ride or something like that. So we've reinvented this um, event on Saturday afternoon that's, that's now called Chicago Storytelling in mm-hmm. Bughouse Square. Um, we're going to have poets. We're going to have um, moderated story circles where people can come together and tell their stories of Chicago. We're going to hear from authors. We're going to hear from young poets. We're going to hear from musicians. Um, but it is it is participatory. People can come and be a part of these Chicago storytelling circles, and um, it's we'll, we'll focus a little bit more on telling great stories and listening to each other rather than um, disagreeing about issues. <laughs> well, and one of the great things, one of the great things, Dan, just in you describing that, is you are likely to get some of the same lunatics that I <laughs> that I'm familiar with from over the years who have things to say about the city of Chicago, which makes it which makes it a really joyful 
kind of event. You're also, and this is something that I think is very special, the Newberry Library is combining with the Pattis Family Foundation to award, to give awards for books that, according to them, transform public understanding of Chicago, its history, and its people. I don't want to make it too simplistic, but Dan Green, did you get did you get a call from the Pattis Foundation saying, "Hey, we have an idea for a book award. How'd you like to join us?" I mean, it really it, that that is about how how it started. Lisa Pattis is a a member of the Newberry's board, and she and her husband Mark Pattis want to um, promote the Newberry, and they want to promote reading in Chicago about Chicago, and that's a wonderful thing that that aligns with the Newberry mission. This is the first year. This yeah. is going to be an annual award. Oh. We we got forty seven nominations um, of books uh, about Chicago history, people, and culture, and that's really reaffirming. Um, and we're thrilled. We're we're um, going to be awarding um, obviously a prize winner, and then four shortlist award winners. So five of those forty seven books became prize winners this year. And the great thing um, is, I know you've read them all. I also have read them all, which made which made me so proud. And the great thing is, Don Turner Trice, uh, Don Turner now uh, was a former colleague of mine at the Chicago Tribune, who has written a. It's a remarkable book, uh, Three Girls from Bronzeville, Dan. I can rave about it, but would you rave for a couple minutes about that astonishing book? Dawn Turner's book is just, it's a knockout, Rick. Uh, Three Girls from Bronzeville. She she writes about growing up in Bronzeville um, with her sister, Kim, and her best friend, Deborah, and it's three women who took very different paths in life. And, and um, you really get deeply into the history of Dawn's own family. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a really moving memoir, but it's also really situated in Bronzeville. She goes off to Urbana for college and comes back. And even as she writes, I can see her on that drive, you know, coming back in from Urbana to Bronzeville, the places throughout Chicago mm-hmm. that she describes. Um, you really get a deep sense. You know, she lived in in Lawless in the uh, in in that um, uh, public housing mm-hmm. facility, and you really get a deep sense of um, public housing in Chicago as well. Yeah, it, it it is it is. You know, you can label it memoir, but it is so much. It is in part a memoir, but it is so much more than that. The other winners are Ellie Fishman's Refugee High, Coming of Age in America. The great Tim Samuelson's Louis Sullivan's idea, Tim Samuelson, the former uh, cultural czar of, uh, for the city, William Seitz's Sunrise Chicago, Afrofuturism in the City, and a really, another remarkable book, uh, Carl Smith's Chicago's Great Fire. Didn't you love that book, Dan? I did. Yeah. I did. And if you look at those five books together, oh. I mean, if you wanted to say, hey, what should I read about Chicago this year? And you read those five books, you'll be everywhere from the 19th century to the present day. You'll be all over the city. Um, and the, and that was one of the things that was so wonderful about what the Pattis Family Foundation has decided to do here in allowing us to 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 give more than than one award and to recognize these these shortlist award recipients. When I also, great book. And I also yeah. think that that on Saturday the authors will be there signing copies of the books that people can buy. I think that's also a fabulous thing to go up to yeah. to Dawn and and there'll be a lot of people there who have read some of these books and will want to talk to them. And uh, how did it work? Did you did you form a a committee with uh, the Pattis uh, Foundation? 
We did. We had a, we had a couple of Newberry staff members on the committee. Um, Liesl Olson, our director of Chicago sure, Studies, sure. and Laura McEnany, who runs our research and academic programs. And then we had uh, the novelist, local novelist Audrey Niffenegger was on the committee, um, and Lee Bay uh, from the Sun Times, who's just been, you must know Lee well. Well, I know um, Lee. He was a student. The one time I taught, Dan, I taught at Columbia College for one semester. And Lee was this young, bright, the only young, bright kid in the entire class, which drove me away from uh, teaching. But also, uh, I, I take pride every time I see Lee uh, tweet something. He's a marvelous, marvelous writer and a great writer. Absolutely. And a great Absolutely. writer, too. And, and all of it. So the five of us read these books together. We got in a room uh, in April and hashed it out and had a really good time talking about um, all of these nominees. It was. Uh, there are many other books that could have been on that shortlist award. Oh, no kidding! And I, I, given the given the amount of the prizes received, Don gets twenty five thousand dollars, which is an incredibly substantial financial prize for uh, mm-hmm. literature. Not quite the Nobel Prize, but it it is certainly up there. You're also on uh, Saturday having all sorts of other entertainments at the uh on the main stage people are going to share stories uh it, it just I, I can't tell you how cool this sounds Dan. and i you must be uh you must be thrilled we're really we're really looking forward to it you know the other thing rick that you'll love to know is there's an artist named um tim Yu who's going to be on oh, sure. site at the newberry retyping uh, <laughs> performance artist retyping Nelson Algren's book, The Man with the Golden Arm. And Algren did research for that book at the Newberry. Um, and so, and, and this is, the, this is a kind of performance where people can walk up to Tim Mute and talk to him about what he's doing in, in retyping this book. So that's just another celebration of a, a, a tough Chicago book to be sure. Oh, yes. Another celebration of, uh, about reading in Chicago about Chicago. Uh, it is amazing. It takes place uh, next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with this the big event about uh, Dawn Turner and uh, her book and the other people in their book. That's on Saturday from 1 to roughly 6 o'clock. I'm going to keep Dan on for just didn't sit there through the news because I want to talk sure. to you also about some upcoming things. I think you're... The Bughouse Square debates are not being replaced, and I think it's very, very wise of you, and it addresses the creativity on the part of the Newberry staff and you. It would have been very easy to just dump the debates and sell books, seriously, but you have refashioned this whole thing, and there's another event coming up in August that continues to sort of honor the bizarre but uh, lovely tradition of Bughouse Square. So we'll talk to Dan after he sits through, and then you can do whatever you do on a Sunday, late Sunday afternoon. Dan, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Rick. We'll be back with him in a couple minutes. I have a few more minutes with uh, Daniel Green, the president and librarian of Newberry Library. For all the information, all the many things we've been talking about so far, just go to newberry.com. Org. That's N-E-W-B-E-R-R-Y dot org. It is one of the great institutions in the history of Chicago and is becoming even more and more vital. I mean, David Spadafora, the previous uh, president librarian, did a great job of doing this. And Daniel Green is doing even a, 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 he's expanding on. Uh, I know you were great friends with David and so was I. Uh, yeah. 
then in August, you have another, you know, in honoring the the somewhat sometimes lunatic uh, activities that went on in the old Bughouse Square, from which I heard a ton from Studs Terkel and my dad, who both used to frequent that place. It's honoring that the the history of that, first of all, Chicago's first park, Washington Square Park. Uh, in August, on August 27th, you're having something called Bughouse Square, a history in song and story. That sounds fantastic, Dan. Can you explain a bit of that? Absolutely. Yeah, this is um, this is going to be a family-friendly event outside on that Saturday afternoon, August 27th. Um, we'll have um, you know food vendors and drinks and things like that, but we're going to be telling stories about um, Chicago about the most memorable moments in Bug House Square history. So, you know, Rick, stories about about you hosting um, <laughs> the soapboxes and 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 Arthur Weinberg, as you said, and Studs Terkel um, will be a part of this. This 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 square, especially uh, from the teens, nineteen teens to about the nineteen sixties, yeah, um, was really the center of free speech no in question. Chicago and. Radicalism, you know, with the industrial workers of the world, right? Uh, you know, their their archive is now at the Newberry. But if you were walking through that park during that fifty year period, you would have you would have seen them out on soapboxes. Um, and it was really um, it was a center for for radical uh, free speech um, and maintaining freedom of speech is something that that we value deeply at the Newberry. So we want to celebrate the history of the park. Um, and, and such, bring people together to do well, that. It's such a great idea, and, and using using that park, which is your kind of uh, front lawn, frankly, yeah. uh, is is just a great idea. They're they're probably, and you probably, you and your wonderful staff are probably thinking of other ways to use that park to spread the Newberry not gospel, but spread the Newberry news in a sense. Uh, Dan, what do you, when you have a moment there, when you're, you know, I know you're very, very busy. Is there anything, when you have a free moment, is there anything you noodle around in at the Newberry? Um, myself as a, as a researcher? Yourself as a, as a, a curious person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I am um, really interested in our Chicago journalism collection. So this is right in your wheelhouse, uh, Rick, your your father's own um, papers. Uh, but but we I am deeply interested in in writing in Chicago from, mm-hmm. you know, journalists, novelists. We, we want to continue to collect papers of journalists and other writers in Chicago. Our, our collection is is active and growing, but, you know, I'm a historian, uh, myself deeply interested in, in world war one, world war two and the era between it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been doing a little digging in, um, in the newspaper, in the, in the journalism papers from that era, especially to see, um, how Chicago was responding to refugee crises at those times that were caused by the war. And you can really learn a lot from uh, from digging into those journalism collections. Yeah, it's very interesting. I just did a, a six-part series for the Tribune about the 175th anniversary of that paper, and I had to do some digging myself. And it's it's remarkable. There are some wonderful discoveries, and frankly, there are some shameful discoveries, too, in the way that newspapers, which were then the, the main medium for communication, uh, treated any 
subject of the times. It's it's fascinating. You're not writing a book, are you, Dan? Not right okay. now, but I think about this a lot, the relationship between journalism and history, right? Historians, of course, have the benefit of hindsight. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Journalists have to write it as it's happening. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one of the the other in- incredible items that you have at the Newberry is the one of Mike Rako's cigarette butt-filled ashtrays, which is a rare rare item i don't know i don't know if anybody could ever auction it off for anything and you're doing you're planning you know a a i think you're still planning a a some kind of royco celebration in a year or two aren't you we're trying to figure out how to highlight that Royco collection. You're right. There are cigarette butts, yeah. cigarette butts in that collection. <laughs> you know, Rick, his Rolodex is just astounding. Yeah. And, um, uh, Chris Borelli wrote about it. A lot of people have gone in to dig in Mike's Rolodex. I think my number's in there somewhere because we used to. Oh, it is. We, we, we to, got we got to find a way that people can uh, thumb through that Rolodex online. Yeah, well, I'm turn, sure. Turn the cards. Well, uh, you, guys, you guys are so, so smart and creative. You will figure that out uh daniel green thanks for sharing this you'll be very 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 busy next weekend because the newberry library book fair takes place friday saturday and sunday and it's a wonderful way to experience the newberry library there are i I don't know if anybody's counted the number of books you have this year dan have they the two hundred thousand, tens of thousands. Yes. but we ten, haven't counted exactly tens of thousands, and you can get some for only three dollars. Only three dollars, Dan. It's great to talk to you. I will see you over the weekend. Yeah, Rick. Thank you for everything you do for the Newberry. Uh, we really <laughs> appreciate it. I love it. I mean, I love it. My literally, my father would take me there when I was a little kid, and it was yeah. uh, for me. It was like incredibly boring because I'm four years old, tied to a. <laughs> tied to a chair while he's researching uh, you know the bathhouse john coughlin but then right. i grew up and learned to appreciate every single inch of that remarkable place you got a great place to work dan and you're doing the right thing by that amazing place so take care of yourself and rest up for the weekend we will thanks rick i look forward to seeing you soon